Blog Talk Radio. program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-blogger, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great. This is sort of a return to, uh, you know, our old form. We, this, you know, Monday nights was kind of uh, at nine thirty was kind of our nine thirty central, I should say. Yeah, we've been doing these five o'clock shows last few weeks, but yeah. uh, you know, this this time worked out better for us this week, so we're gonna, you know. Old home week. Get, you know, let folks get home, relax, you know, have a drink, have dinner, whatever. Then cozy up to the computer and put on uh, Fast Forward, or excuse me, Fast Forward Radio. Sorry, I've been doing the classic shows. Uh, the World Transformed, I believe, is what we call it now. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, good to be back. I hey, um, so. <laughs> before we go any further with anything, I, I feel I have to say something. This is important. Um, because we were talking just before the show started, and it occurs to me that I'm actually the one who put the Trump story in the outline of the show. So it's on me. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a Trump story. I did it. So it's not your fault. So if anyone, if anyone's listening to the show okay. and they don't want to hear a Trump story, um, sorry that there's one in here. And if you're mad that there's a Trump story, it's not Steven's fault. Okay. I put it in the outline. All right. So. Right. I just want there to be That's full right. disclosure. Okay. I was, I was blaming you. We're going to keep it as a, yeah, we're going to keep it as apolitical as we can though. Uh, please right. Well, that's what I was saying. That. It's that's like, not, it'd be better we're if not, we didn't even do a Trump story, but you know, Hey, I can't take yeah. that position having put it on the show. So that's right. Is. Well, so, you know. yeah, we, but, but it's interesting. Hey, you know, we got to talk about the interesting space stuff and we got a great show tonight because we're going to talk about getting closer to the final frontier, how we might be on our way to Mars and then even possibly on our way to the stars. But before we do, just a quick side trip to low Earth orbit because I was just so impressed by this story. Soccer ball recovered from ill-fated shuttle Challenger flown to space station. What an amazing story. And uh, this nice link tribute. isn't currently in the show notes, but I'll add it. Uh, you got to take a look at this picture of this soccer ball floating up there in the space station. Uh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, it looks like it's had some wear, of course. You know, uh, that it, the the fact that this this survived um, the the explosion was uh, is is pretty amazing. Um, and uh, you know, it's a nice tribute to the uh, to the Challenger crew. 
and uh, yeah, glad, was, um, glad that it was taken to the space station. Apparently, it was a, a, a there was some link between uh, uh, a family member of uh, those those astronauts and uh, and the current uh, ISS people. I don't I don't know. Um, That's right. Know, uh, astronaut, I would guess astro- that the astronaut family is a small family. So yeah. well, there you go. Ellison Onizuka was uh, on the uh, on the Challenger. His daughter played uh, uh, soccer for this particular school, and all the kids on the soccer team had signed this ball. So it was this really cool thing that this soccer ball from this um, school was going to get a, you know get to go up into orbit and then come back and be in the school. And then later, sadly, after the crash, it was found, and then it was displayed there in the school. But it turns out that uh, uh, an astronaut on the current uh, – mission in the space station, Shane Kimbrough, um, also has a kid who goes to that school, heard that story and said, hey, we got to take this thing back up, right? So, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a nice... It needs to actually get to space, yes. Yeah, so so so, so it, it finally finally made it to space. And, of course, with the anniversary of the uh, both the shuttle Challenger and shuttle Columbia and Apollo 1 uh, disasters uh, all occurring, all clumped together there, right? The, what was it last week, right? And week before, um, n- n- nice to see this kind of tribute, uh, you know, kind of a, a way of remembering it that uh, has kind of a positive feel to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And for, you know, it's sort of a reminder: frontiers are dangerous places, and uh, and that's you know, and and you know, there's is there's a human cost to it, but yeah. we you know keep paying it because it's that important. To humanity, it's, so, it's it's the time um, it's the time of year we 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 have to remember that, and also I, I would just say it's yeah. the time of year we should never launch rockets, right? There should just be a I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Yeah, it hasn't worked well, out you know, well for it, us. It, I don't or, know. or or we go the other way, and it's the time of the year we always launch rockets. Maybe. Well, right. yeah, that's that's a thought uh, too. Because come to think of it, yeah. Columbia was on the way back, right? It wasn't the yeah, right. wasn't the launch right. so much. Anyway, um, so that was a great story, and you should check out that picture. But now let's talk about um, – hey, I've got this Donald Trump story I want to share, Stephen, if that's going to be okay. Um, okay. <laughs> here's, the, here's the headline. This is from our, our, our good buddy Brian Wong over at Next Big Future. Trump may fund the SpaceX-Mars colonization plan. And Brian lays out a case here. He says, hey, come on, Elon Musk, uh, you know, the founder of SpaceX and Tesla, the guy who wants to take us to Mars – has made trips to Trump Tower. He's met with Trump. He's talked about Mars with Trump. Um, you know, is it possible that Donald Trump, well, President Trump, is going to sign on to Elon Musk's outrageous uh, "Let's go to Mars" plan? What do you think? Is there anything to this? Well, there could be, and and um, Elon Musk's p- uh, position is a little more official than that. He's actually on an advisory council now for the president, and. Right. Uh, He's taken he's taken some real heat about that, and uh, uh, it was interesting that sort uh, this weekend uh, there was sort of a Twitter storm about it, and uh, Elon Musk was had to you know he's defended himself. He said, "Look, you know I'm a moderate, you know probably a moderate to left, but anyway he's you know uh, he is moderate, and um, and and also he's you know <laughs> what is he? He is an immigrant, and perhaps even at one point he might have been sort of not completely illegal immigrant for a moment, you know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, he, as quickly as, as quickly as he could, he, he got legal. But, uh, and so, yeah, his, his perspective is such that, uh, you know, he, you know, he, I, he wants to uh, give advice to the president so that uh, 
you know, I mean, these people that are um, criticizing Musk the most would would uh, you know presumably want some something other than uh, you know uh, the people on the far far right advising Trump. But I mean, if if you're going to tar and feather people for for just ha- for an association, then um, you know that's uh, you know, that's all that's going to be left is people on the far, well, far right. Well, so, I mean, uh, you, you know, because people are uh, also complaining that Trump is anti-science, he's anti-technology, right? You hear you hear those complaints. It's like yeah. so. So here well, you got this totally yeah, pro-science, you know, pro-technology guy advising the president. I mean, it just – I don't know. Yeah, um, it's a good I, idea, I think. I think it's a great idea to have there, there's, people there's, like There's, there's not a lot of emotions flying around these days, and perhaps yeah, yeah. some of them not as useful as others. Um, that's as political yeah, as I'm going to get. But, okay. Then. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm with you on that 100%. But anyway, so yeah, what, so um, – could could uh, he be leaning in that direction, uh, Trump? Who knows? Um, uh, he's, he's, you know, I would say this. It's been an energetic first two weeks, <laughs> you know. So I guess that's as much as I can say about well, the uh, thing whether, is, uh, the, the, would, the thing about Trump is he's not Mars program. Yeah, he's not embarrassed to take on you know big stuff, and he's not embarrassed to act fast. Um, right. You know, he's been very bold his first couple of weeks, and he ran on bold initiatives, you know, positions. Think what you will of them. I don't think anybody's going to say they weren't bold. Um, right. You know, but could he be this I bold? Could definitely, right? I could I definitely mean, hear a we choose to go to Mars speech coming out of his mouth. I could I could hear that, you know? Yes. Um, it would It would not be Kennedy-esque, probably, but – it would, it would, no, it would be no, pretty awesome no, in its own Kennedy, way. Actually, Kennedy was poetic yeah. when he spoke. Trump is like on the far end of that spectrum. I think <laughs> it would be a very uh, different speech. Um, but it would um, be. But, but but I mean you know anybody who talks about building a wall, it's going to be the uh, best on Mars. the on We're the border. Gonna... You know, you know he's not just going to say hey maybe we should. Go. Here's the thing we we've had presidents, um, my my whole adult life. Who said, "Hey, maybe we got to go back to space or something," you know? And every now and then they would, you know, yeah. the State of the Union, throw out something. Hey, we're going to go back to the moon one day, or we're going to go back to Mars, or we're going, you know, I'm going to build a space plane or something like that. But none of it ever went anywhere, right? Um, Trump yeah. seems like the kind of guy. If he did get on board with it, we would actually see some progress, right? I mean, something would uh, would yeah. would probably well, would, would you know, probably something happen. something else is well, you know, you got other. Other countries now looking to go to the moon and, and things like that, and uh, you know, the same way Kennedy, you know, we were so far behind in the space race when Kennedy made that speech, right? And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm moving the finish line. I'm gonna, you know, right? Yeah, you know, we're, you know, the, the Russians are acting like they've already crossed the finish line. I'm moving the finish line. We're freaking going to the moon, okay? Right, right. And uh, and and so I could see, you know. Uh, you know, a little bit of Trump ego involved here. So, you know, some other country manages to get to the moon. Uh, well, we're going to, you know, forget you people on the friggin' moon. That's local, you know. <laughs> so I could, I could see <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, moon. And, and, we, and we did that half you know, a century that a ago. Thing? We're going to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Congratulations. Exactly. Uh, you, welcome to the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 see you in the 23rd century in Mars, okay? But but, but yeah. you know, the question is, for one thing, this kind of puts a spin on it that I hadn't thought about. 
which was up to now I've not heard Elon Musk say anything about I need a government to sponsor me to do this, right? Yeah. Um, this is this this is a new idea. How much money does he need, right, to do this? Because you know it's an it's an expensive undertaking. And let's say for a moment that Trump doesn't bite, which I assume he's probably not going to. I'll be very surprised, pleasantly surprised, but very surprised if uh, if President Trump says, "Yeah, we're going to Mars." Um, does this mean there's no way of really financing this unless he does get a government on board? Has this whole thing been kind of smoke and mirrors, um, or will will he find some other way of doing it? What do you think? Um, there's a lot of uh, it is a SpaceX is the commercial space business with the most cred, wouldn't you say? I mean, oh, yeah. um, you know, there are, there are other other private space concerns, but none of them have quite the credibility of SpaceX. SpaceX is the only one that sent something to orbit, right, and to the ISS, and and um, that's 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 as far as any private venture has ever gone. Um, and and it's uh, and it's ramping up to have heavy lifters that could you know um, could take us to Mars. Um, so yeah, he, he he's got the credibility to do it, and you know, but uh, as far as the money, well, I mean, what about you know mining these asteroids? There's you know. Go find one of those trillion-dollar asteroids and uh, and get get a piece, get a piece of that, right? Um, that's that's that'd be that'd be one way to uh, to finance going to Mars. So well, that would be more um, the Heinlein novel approach, I got to say, right? If we are living in a Robert A. Heinlein novel, that's what the guy would do, right? The government says no, right. and then he goes and finds a big space diamond or something like that, and then cashes it in and. And and goes to Mars anyway. Yeah, I, I, it would yeah. almost kind of ruin it for me. Um, <laughs> although it would be exciting if the if the government got on board with it, it would almost kind of ruin it for me if it became a government project. Um, because one of the things that's so cool about it is that it's just you know this guy has been saying, hey, we're going to go to Mars. You, you know, I've got a company, yeah. and uh, this is where this is where humanity needs to go. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to Mars. Uh, the, the, something about that really appeals to me. Um, and yeah. I, yeah. I I hope it can keep that feel as as the project proceeds. Um, but I don't know. It, it, interesting stuff. It'll be very interesting to see if um, if if Trump does get on board with it. Of course, then it becomes another big political hot potato because everything you know we're at this stage not to get political again, but we're at this stage where everything he does is going to be you know in the crosshairs, right? So right. at that point, we might have a lot of people who otherwise would have been for going to Mars. Knee jerk against it, right? Because uh, <laughs> well, because the president thought it was a good idea. that we're never going to Mars. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. Uh, he, yes, an yes. announcement that we're never going to Mars. It's never going to happen. And then, you know, <laughs> a little reverse It'll psychology, a huh? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, a little yeah. reverse. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I, but purity aside, I, purity it's, aside, it's I, whatever gets us there works for me. I got to say, anything that. Uh, That's right. It's important. It's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, um, uh, Steve, Stephen Hawking, for example, uh, no, no, uh, no fan of Trump. He right. Uh, I right. think he would be pleased if uh, if <laughs> we got to Mars that way. He, he feels we need to become a multiplanetary species, and uh, um, and and I, I can, you know, I, I'm I'm on board with that. You know, it's uh, we All need right. to do well. That. Let's do it. Let's and, do it for uh, Stephen Hawking. Right? I mean, yeah, there we go. Let's just let's do it for Stephen. I think that's there you a, go. that's that's an excellent plan. Right, let's let's move on. We, we we got one more of these uh, to talk about, and then we've got a little spinoff 
uh, about this one, but uh, how an interstellar starship could actually explore Alpha Centauri. This is so cool. This Gizmodo article, I believe it was by George Dvorsky, um, but whoever it was by, this is an awesome article, uh, talking about building a light sail that can be accelerated to one-fifth the speed of light and take a robotic probe to Alpha Centauri and get it there in 20 years. Awesome. Okay, that is awesome. The problem with that pro approach is you uh, you fire at the thing with laser beams, right? And when <laughs> when it gets there, it can't stop, right? So you do this very yeah, fast just fly by. Yeah, of of Alpha Centauri, kind of like what we did with Pluto, only much faster because you're going at near relativistic right. speed. So so you know if you if you don't blink, literally, right? You might catch a little Alpha Centauri. But now. They've modified the plan. They say, hey, wait a second. We don't need the lasers. And what we can do is we can have this probe propelled by solar power, by, act by the actual you know, power from the sun. And when we get close enough, we can turn the sail around and decelerate using solar power from Alpha Centauri itself. So, you know, it's like we can, we can speed up and slow down. It takes longer, right? It's going to take about a century in that case. Yeah. Yeah, to, five times as long to get to Alpha Centauri. But then when you get there, you, you know, you can actually uh, tour the whole the whole system. You can go to see all three stars in the in the Alpha Centauri system. Um, I don't know, Stephen. What do you think? What, what's cool to me about this is it's like we're we're developing st star ex exploration ideas and refining them, and they're and they're you know talking reasonable time frames and stuff. Uh, for the first time, really, I think this is being being seriously discussed. Right. Well, you know, I, I it's uh, there's a big difference between a 20 year project and a, and a century project. Um, you know, being able to linger in the uh, in the system uh, with with probes is uh, is fantastic, obviously. And you know, think about it. You, you know, any any signal we get back, uh, information we get back would be four years old, would at least. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's uh, so it would take it take uh, a century to get there, and then another four years to start receiving data from the, uh, from, the from that system. But hey, we don't. You know, the quicker we start, the quicker we this happens, right? Um, yeah. I, I wonder if we, if though if uh, what if what if the you know if uh, this worked that uh, you know you can have a uh, um, a a a uh, you know, get get a probe there and be able to slow it down because it uses this. You know, it turns around and uses the uh, the solar energy from uh, Alpha Centauri to slow down. What if uh, we we were able to get a laser unit or something? You know, a a, a system in the Alpha Centauri, in Alpha Centauri uh, to be able to point at incoming probes and slow them down. Um, yeah, put it in orbit, you got to get there first, a, though, right? A planet I mean, or something. Yeah, I mean, I, so you're talking a you know a century to get something there, and right. then once you once you have uh, something like that, uh, you know, tended to by robots perhaps, you know, um, then uh, as probes come in, you could slow them down uh, with the laser, which uh, means that you you could get stuff there in 20 years that could stay. It, it provided you have something positioned in the system to slow it down, other than just the sun itself, right? So, right. Right. The re and so, anyway, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a fantastic. That's a cool idea. idea. These are yeah. not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These so you are take a hundred years uh, to get there the first time, not, and then it's a twenty-year trip after that. 
That's right, because you got something positioned there to slow slow down whatever's coming in. But it's um, this is the uh, Breakthrough Starshot Initiative uh, that has a lot of you know heavy hitters on it, right? This is not uh, you know a bunch of uh, guys in their basements. Uh, uh, this is this is a this is a big deal. These people um, are taken seriously, aren't they? They they are completely serious about it. Hey, I wanted before before we talk a little bit more about the Breakthrough Starshot Initiative, I wanted to give my alternative to the uh, to the plan. Is um, why are they going to Alpha Centauri A and then B and then Proxima when we know Proxima is the one with the Earth-like planet, right? Why not just send a that's true. Send a probe straight to Proxima, shouldn't we? It's the closest one anyway. Thus the name. Yeah, it is. It Proxima is the uh, it is the closest one. Yeah, um, I, I uh, looking at uh, the the picture that was there in the article. It almost looked like that uh, they were going to send probes and, and slingshot them around the other stars and tour the, the three star system um, one at a time. Uh, you know, but you know, with you know gravity boost. You know, as it comes around each of the yeah. stars, and for whatever reason, perhaps Proxima is not conducive to that. So if you wanted a probe to tour all three systems or, you know, all three stars, apparently Proxima is not the best one. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's the reason. But yeah, you're I right, mean, the Proxima way they've got it, yeah, the way they got it figured is you go to 100 years to get to uh, uh, Alpha Centauri A, um, you tour it for a while, then a few days to get over to B, Tour it for a while, and then 46 years to get to Proxima Centauri. So you know, you've basically you've you've gone 150 years before you. Uh, it would be you know by the time you got a signal back, 150 years from when it was launched until you until uh, you saw something back on uh, Proxima. And since it's the one with the interesting planet, that's my tweak. If they're listening, that's my suggestion. Let's just go straight to Proxima. I want to see what's going on in that. <laughs> well, I'm here, curious about that. Um, in planet. addition to. In addition to the uh, you know position, getting a laser there that could slow down your probes as they come in, uh, I would also suggest not one probe, a swarm. You know, I mean, every single time you do this, uh, you need to send you know a hundred of these things so that maybe five of them make it right. Um, it's uh, I, I would imagine that it's a dangerous trip, and I mean you know a hundred years is a long time. You know. You know, and and there and it, we're in extreme conditions out there in interstellar space. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I would I would it's, a definitely lot, a build lot some redundancy happen. into this. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot can happen to a very small, frail little probe over the course of a hundred years, even out in interstellar space where there's theoretically not a lot going on. Right? <laughs> it shouldn't be you know, it shouldn't shouldn't be encountering too many objects or anything like that. But uh, who knows? Um, uh, it seems like it seems like that level of redundancy would probably be a, a really excellent idea. So yeah, yeah, you know this breakthrough Starshot initiative. Um, a, a group of people, like-minded people, got together and said, "Hey, let's let's start talking about how we how we do interstellar travel." And this is really interesting when you think about it in the context even of our show that we've got people seriously talking about interstellar exploration when we haven't even landed a human anywhere besides the moon. Right, we've 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 done yeah. we've done some pretty good unmanned exploration of the solar system, and I guess really for these folks, this is an uh, this is an extension of that, right? How do we do unmanned exploration yeah. of the rest of the universe? Well, we start with the closest star. I, I I guess you know maybe maybe from their standpoint, that's the logical 
thing to be thinking about anyway is is not how do we get a man to mars but or a human to mars but how do we get uh how do we get a probe to alpha centauri and anyway that's what that's what they're working on and i think it's awesome i yeah. think it's awesome that uh per your point this is not a bunch of hobbyists these are you know these are heavy hitters and um they're serious about it people take them seriously and it's not a government project at all going to the moon government project right all of the planetary probes that we've had going on up to this point have been government projects. Now we're talking about star travel, and it's just this, I don't know, committee of people who've decided that it would be a good idea to go to Alpha Centauri. That's pretty cool. It is. It is. And, you know, I think that ultimately this may be the way we um, we tour the stars with, uh, you know, with very, very intelligent uh, uh, AI systems, robots, things like that that uh, make the trip. Uh, our human bodies are just—we're built for the planet Earth. We really are. And um, and there, there's things that we can do to uh, to modify ourselves. I'm sure uh, to uh, to make ourselves uh, uh, able to handle uh, uh, spaceflight better than we do. But uh, ultimately, I don't think that we'll be able to compete with uh, with robots going out and. Uh, and so, and, and particularly as they get smarter and smarter and more capable all the time, we uh, we're talking von Neumann probes at some point, right? Yeah. So well, I think eventually, get, get eventually, the Alpha Centauri and then reproduce and go in five different directions from there. Yeah. So, eventually, we go as robots, probably. You know, we go uploaded yes. and embedded into the embedded into the machinery because it, it, that that's going to make a lot more sense than Starship Enterprise type stuff. Much as we love that stuff. Um, that, that 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 approach is gonna is gonna make a lot more sense. But I, but I think that the organizational side of this is very interesting, um, and it puts me in mind of a, an idea that I guess actually Alvin Toffler came up with in his book, The Temporary Society. Or excuse me, uh, in Future Shock. I, I guess it was actually come up with by some guy named Warren Bennis in a book called The Temporary Society, but then Toffler made it more popular. I, I'm going to admit I never heard of it. The term is adhocracy. I never heard of it until I read Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom by um, <laughs> uh, by, by Cory Doctorow. Um, but um, in that book, you've got – that's basically the government that runs the world, right, adhocracy. People just kind of take responsibility for things they're interested in, and they run the things they're interested in. And and I wonder if you look at this and you say, well, we always talk in terms of ultimately things that once belonged to great nation states kind of pass into the hands of companies and then they pass into the hands of smaller companies. And then ultimately they, they pass in the hands of just people who, who want to do those things. So so technology ultimately supports a, a, an ad hocracy kind of a model, all things being equal, right, if governments let go of control. Right. Um, are, are we seeing an early instance of adhocracy here with this uh, Starshot initiative? What do you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this. <laughs> I love how the, uh, this was, uh, you know, stated in the in the article. I, I'd encourage everybody to go read it. You know, what what's new, Freeman Dyson? Well, we looks like we're going to uh, we're going to Alpha Centauri. Um, yeah. You know, and and that's <laughs> that's cool. I mean, just we're you know we just choose to go. And um, and and we we believe that we have the method to do it now, and right. and you know, I, formerly it was just a flyby. It's looking more and more like uh, they'll, they'll they'll attempt the uh, uh, to be able to get probes there that can linger, and that's that's so cool. Um, uh, we can learn so much that way. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's cool about it is you know 
um, to me uh, that uh, nobody assigned him, right? Maybe they asked him to be part of it, but uh, he just says, yeah, let's just do this. Um, group of people who decided it was cool to send a probe to another star system got together and said, let's start working on this project. Uh, that makes me wonder what other kind of cool projects we're going to see people just kind of get together and work on in the near future, um, up to and including alternatives to this, right? There's there's other stars that aren't that much farther away. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe we start uh, having some uh, competing missions to, to some of them, and there's an awful lot that can be done inside the solar system. We've talked about the commercial exploitation of space, commercial development of space. Well, uh, you know, if, if if a group of people can just get together and decide they're going to put together a program around uh, going to the stars, I think people can just get together and decide they're going to start mining the asteroids, too. So lots of interesting potential there, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think that just about does it, does it for us on time. Um, we're going to be back on Wednesday with an amazing show and, uh, and, of course, on Friday this week with some more interesting topics and other geeks. Stephen, great talking with you. It's great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it.